The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Just moments before coming on the air, I received a phone call telling me that one of the people who regularly attend the National Prayer Chapel had passed, had died. Broke my heart not just because they had died, but because week after week, as I would speak with her and then privately pray with her, it seemed that there was an impenetrable wall. There was a wall against repenting, a wall against being really honest about who she was. Her answer was always, I'm a good person, Pastor. God has to save me. I'm a good person. I'm on my way to heaven. But she'd never been born from above. She'd never recognized her sin. 
So each week I would speak with her after the service, and I would pray with her. I would often anoint her with oil for healing in her body. The last Sunday she was here, she said, I feel very sick. Will you anoint me, Pastor? Yes, and I did. But there was no response. I learned later that one of the members of our fellowship had discovered that she was deep into tarot cards. In the horoscope, and suddenly I began to understand, there was deep hidden occultism in her life. She was from South America, and there it was very common. But she's gone, and I will not have another chance. And this one, this precious, lovely woman, how can I face this? I've had to simply say to the Lord, Lord, I missed this one. Please forgive me. This is the second person within the last 30 days that I've had to deal with who has died, who has passed, unsaved by all of my understanding. I'm not the judge. Jesus will make the final determination. But as I go by the word and by what I know of their lives, this precious person, these two people, were not saved. Do you understand how vital, how absolutely important it is to get to God to come into his presence, to make our peace with him. How can I be casual around people that I love who have not been born from above and not talk with them about their soul's salvation? Any night, I could go to bed and not awaken in the morning. And what would be the condition of my soul? I praise God in every known way. I've made peace with my Lord. I've gotten to him. And he has assured me of my forgiveness, that he has forgiven my sins and wiped out my transgressions. But what about you? I know some of you have come into the presence of Jesus and you rest in him. And you have Jesus in you, the hope of glory, and I praise God for you. But many of you who listen still have issues that you have not resolved between your heart and Jesus' heart. Do you understand? This has to change. We are coming to the very end of time. Today I want to share with you about the new heaven and the new earth. The book of Revelation was written to encourage us, to comfort our hearts, 
to cause us to pay whatever price we have to pay to get to God, to repent of our sins, to stop walking in foolish wickedness, to stop walking in the ways of the world, to recognize that this is a life and death situation, that you can't be a nominal Christian and go to heaven. You can't be lukewarm and enter the gates of God. You can't continue to walk in sin and still be eligible to enter the heavenly realm. This is so vital. Let me read for you. I want to read from you for you from Second Peter, the third chapter. I want to read these terrifying and yet comforting words to you. This is Second Peter, the third chapter. I want you to listen. Verse 8. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That is, it will come when you least expect it, when you still think you have time, but time runs out. You don't know when your time's going to run out. You don't know when you're going to pass into eternity and into hell or heaven depending on whether you've come to repentance and left the world and the ways of the world, the ways of flesh and the devil. Have you done that? The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything in it will be laid bare since everything will be destroyed in this way. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of the Lord and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of the righteous, not to those who believe in imputed righteousness, real righteousness, imparted righteousness by faith through the blood of Jesus. So then, dear friends, Since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. The Lord is patient. The Lord desires 
that we be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him. That's what I want for you. I'm going to be utterly broken if any more of you die and you never got to God. We need to enter, and next week I'll talk about this. We need to enter, we need to be enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to get to God, just as I do. I need much more of Jesus in my heart and in my life. I need to be buried much more deeply in his love. Verse 17, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the air of lawless men and fall from your secure position. They say, oh, once saved, you're always saved. Wrong. That's not what the scripture teaches. It's not what Paul, Peter just said in Second Peter 3. The heir of lawless men. These are men who call themselves Christians, but teach that you cannot leave your sin, that God covers it like a blanket. No, he doesn't cover any sin with a blanket. You're accountable before God for your rebellion, for your wickedness. It means repentance, deep repentance, full repentance. Verse 18, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. It doesn't say grow in the grace and entertainment of the world's entertainment. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say grow in your understanding of the football league. doesn't say that. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now this fabulous 21st chapter of, of Revelation Sometimes people say to me, oh, pastor, what's your address? And I'll say, Revelation 21. Revelation 21. That's where I live. That's where I'm going. That's the greatest desire of my heart, to be counted worthy. of Going to Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, the holy city of God. Chapter 21 opens by saying, I saw a new heaven a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. On the earth that we dwell on today, most of it is ocean. In this new earth, there won't be huge bodies of oceans like the Atlantic or the Pacific Ocean. There will be a river of life flowing 
Everything will be abundant and beautiful. Everything will will grow and produce. But what I want to say to you is that as I was reading Revelation 21 and just meditating on it, immediately my mind went back to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're being brought right back to Eden. We're being brought back and given the title deed by Jesus for a new heaven and a new earth where we will reign with him, but he will hold the title deed this time, but we share in it. In Genesis, God gives the title deed to the earth to Adam. And he sees that Adam needs a partner. So he creates woman. The Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord fashioned fashioned into a woman the rib that he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. You see, the woman was not shaped out of dust like we were who are men. She was shaped out of that flesh taken from man. And he said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. In our modern world, we find women denying their relationship with men, insisting that they are in every way equal to a man. And yes, we were all created equal before God, and we're all able to enter into the salvation. Galatians, the third chapter. But we have different roles, and we have a different place before Almighty God. He's the creator, we're not. This woman was the very best that God could offer, and Adam loved her passionately. She was not a Jezebel. Jezebels are ugly. She was his wife, his helpmate. We need to give a lot of thought in the modern American church to the role of women. Not to diminish, not to disparage, but to help them find their rightful place in the work of God. Joel tells us that at the very end, men and women both will prophesy, that is, preach, that we are all before God, his children. 
And then in chapter 3, we find where Adam gave up the title deed to the earth. And he gave it to the serpent. And the earth began to enter into such turmoil and such bitterness and anger and brokenness and vile behavior. that God finally came in the flood and swept it all away. But as soon as the flood was over and they were out of the ark, Nimrod rose up the great hunter and began to establish Babylon, Nineveh, and the other great cities that stood in absolute rebellion against the Most High God. And Satan, the serpent, determined that he would rule the earth because he now held title deed to it. In chapter 21, we return to Eden, but not quite. The old earth has passed away. That's what Second Peter, the third chapter, tells us. It is burned with fire. It exists no longer. I can tell you this, when we're in heaven and we're working in our soil and we're wanting to raise some fruit trees or we're trying to raise some carrots or cabbage, we're not going to dig in the garden and find an old Coke can. We're not going to find an old graveyard that earth is going to be totally destroyed. One of the key words for that is found in chapter 21. It says, Then I saw a new heaven. The word new here in the Greek means something that has never before existed. This is a new creation. The old earth is totally burned to a crisp and dust in space. a new heaven, a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth, it passed away. It died. It was burned. It was cremated. And there is no longer any sea. Verse 2, I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem, not the old Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, the city of God coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. I don't know how to even begin to talk about this. After all, we have done to violate the earth. So much so that he has to finally come and just burn the whole thing up and throw it out with the trash. And he comes and he creates a, a whole new place. And in that new place, he says, I want to live with you. You're my bride. 
You're my bride. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. The old order of things has died and been cremated. It no longer exists. But instead, in its place, is a beautiful new earth, a beautiful new heaven. We won't have the same stars. It'll be a new heaven. It'll be a new earth. And in that place, Jesus says he will come. And he will live with us. Now this beautiful new Jerusalem is about 1,400 miles high, squared. It's going to have to be a big earth to handle this huge city. One old-time Christian writer said they believe that the city of God is going to hang in midair like a gem and will shine the light of glory to the whole earth. Well, I don't know about that. But I know for certain that the scriptures say it's 1,400 miles high, wide, and long that the walls are about 200 feet thick. And the walls are made of jasper, the city of pure gold. The foundations of the city wall are decorated with every kind of precious stone. There are 12 gates, and each gate is one whole beautiful, glistening, glowing pearl. Each gate is made of a single pearl. And the great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. There's no temple in this city, because the Lord God Almighty, that is the Father and the Son, they are its temple. The sun doesn't need to shine here, doesn't need a sun, doesn't need a moon. The city doesn't need the brightness of a, of a sun or a moon because the glory of God is going to give it light. Jesus will be a brilliant lamp. Everything will be filled with splendor and glory. The gates will always be open to this city, and nothing impure will ever enter it. No one will ever enter who 
does what is shameful or deceitful or sexually unclean. The only ones who enter that place will be those people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now there's a a beautiful river. It has the water of life. It's clear as crystal. It's flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There won't be any curse of darkness there. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They won't need a a lamp or the sun, for the Lord himself will be the light. And they will reign with God forever and ever, for eternity. As I look at this new Jerusalem, do you understand what it is? Some have asked, Why do we need a new earth when we can be in heaven with Jesus and with God? Well, because God is moving. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are moving to the new earth. And the new Jerusalem is the control center of the countless universes across the space that God has made. It is the command center of all created things in the Spirit. This is beyond my understanding, but my heart is so joyful. I rejoice in this place called the New Jerusalem. It is is beautiful beyond description, beyond words. And as I think about it, I want to say to you, please, my brother, please, my sister, do not neglect such a great salvation. Lay aside the things of this world, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Lay aside your responsibilities. Get to God. Get to the Lord Jesus. Repent of your sins. Be made clean. Be made righteous. Be filled with the Spirit of God. It's your only chance. We find in Revelation 22, he says, Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. 
Let him who does right continue to do right, and let him who is holy continue to be holy. We are approaching a time in space and history when the Lord is going to speak these words, and today will no longer be the day of salvation. It will be the day of judgment. It will be a day of fire and burning. It will be the great day of the Lord. And if you enter into that great day of the Lord, still doing things that are wrong, making excuses and saying, I've tried as hard as I could, but I just couldn't do it. God's a hard man. Know that you will be cast out into the eternal fire. For in the blood of Jesus, every provision for your atoning, your atoning cleansing has been made for you. Victory for sin is provided in the precious blood of Jesus. It is provided by faith to transform you, to make you into a new creature. And if you've been excusing yourself and saying, I just can't do it, know that that day will come in time and space and history when God will say, okay, let him continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile because it is the day of judgment and all matters will be settled. I want you to know that that, that that day is coming. It's coming quickly. For two people in my life, it came in the last 30 days. It could come for you tonight or this afternoon. You must make a decision. He says, behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done, not according to what he has professed, not according to what he has claimed in the imputed righteousness of Jesus. There is no such thing as imputed righteousness. You are washed by the blood. You are made whole. You are made clean. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That is the first letter of the alphabet and the last letter of the alphabet. First and last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs or outside are the scavengers. Are you a scavenger? Are you going around seeing what you can pick up, a little inspiration here, a little a little education there, a little strategy for success, a little self-improvement, then going and picking up some of the pleasures of the world 
the entertainment of the world? Do you understand the Christian church in America is apostate? Don't measure your walk with Jesus by the apostate American church. Don't gauge your righteousness by the prosperity teachers or the the other false teachers. Measure your life by Jesus and get to him and find out what he wants from you and what he wants you to do and how he wants you to pray. Your life is at stake. Those not included in this beautiful, beautiful city are the scavengers. And those who practice magic arts. Hebe Russo, who passed, she practiced magic arts. And it put up a wall that I could not penetrate, and the Lord did not speak to me about it. Some of you are going down paths on the internet that are unclean. It says here, the sexually immoral will not be allowed into the city of God. That is, those who use a man or a woman, woman, for their own pleasure. Sexuality is not about our own pleasure. It's about loving the person Jesus gives us to be our husband or our wife. Yes, there is wonderful comfort in sexual intimacy with the person God has chosen for us. But lust plays no part in that union between a man and a woman where we use one another to have a few moments of physical pleasure. Are you kidding me? The murders. Some of you have had abortions and you have murdered your baby. And you are included in those who are not allowed to enter into the city of God. You are cast into hell. But today is yet the day of salvation and you can yet repent before Almighty God with weeping and serious earnestness and zealously repent for your murder of your child. There is salvation today for you, dear mother. I yes, I call you a mother because you had a child and you aborted it. But Jesus will forgive you. He loves you. His compassion is beyond our understanding. His mercy is so great. His love for us is so incredibly awesome. And the idolaters, no idolater will be able to enter into that beautiful new Jerusalem. An idolater is one who puts his work ahead of Jesus. Who puts his family ahead of Jesus? Who puts his money ahead of Jesus? Who puts his entertainment ahead of Jesus? Who puts himself 
ahead of Jesus. The Lord said, if you want to enter in, you must deny yourself. That is, say no to you. And you must take up your cross. And you must follow Jesus. Where was Jesus going when he said that? He was on the way to the cross. And Romans 6 tells us that we must be crucified with Christ. That we enter into the baptismal tank and we die. And we are born from above, new creatures. Are you an idolater today? And everyone who loves and practices falsehood, that is everyone who loves to lie. I look at some of our political leaders, and I have to tell you if they're talking, they're lying. And now the medical profession, if they're talking about the pinch and telling you you must have it, they're lying to you. Their plan is to kill you. There are some that are even more deadly than others. It takes understanding. Perhaps you've already taken the pinch. Don't take another. But turn to Jesus. Trust him for your healing. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you, all of you, this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star, the spirit and the bride. Say, come. The spirit and the church not the apostate church, the one that is made righteous by the blood of Jesus. We say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Ask others, please, could we go together to Jesus? Could we get to Jesus? There's no salvation, and you will die if you don't get to Jesus. Whoever's thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Jesus' testimony is that he is, that he's coming soon. And this new heaven, and this new earth, what wonderful, wonderful, Images come to my mind. A place of peace and love. A place of joy. A place of unending service to the, to the Lord Jesus Christ. A place of laughter. A place with great enjoyment. A place of incredible love and compassion. A place where we will dwell forever without ever being cast out. 
All of mankind was so desperately wounded when Adam and Eve, our mother and our father, were cast out of their home. And we've been cast out of our homes time after time after time. I have no home today except Revelation 21. The new Jerusalem is my home. Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, whatever the price, I want to be with Jesus. And I'm taking the actions necessary to be with him for eternity. I want you to take the same actions. If you need help on what those actions should look like, go to the book of Romans and read chapter 6 very carefully. Read chapter 6 very carefully. How I love him. How my heart longs for Jesus. I am using every ounce of my strength and my energy to wait upon the Lord, to seek his face. Not his hand, I seek his face. To seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The scriptures say, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the only hope I have of heaven is Jesus, my Lord. My car will never get me to heaven. My house that I live in here, this physical place, will never get me to heaven. Going to church will not get me to heaven. Being religious will not get me to heaven. The only door is Jesus Christ. And that's a door that is narrow, It's a pinching door. It's not a Broadway. It it will require that you put Jesus ahead of everything you hold dear and precious in this world. Ahead of your husband or your wife or your children. Yea, even ahead of your life. It all must go in the altar of sacrifice for Jesus. My brother, my sister, don't be proud about being a man. Don't be proud about being a woman. Don't walk in arrogance and pride before the Almighty God, but humble your heart and seek his face. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. Ask and it shall be given to you. The only reason you will not be able to reach Jesus is if you have hidden sin you will not admit. You're involved in sexual impurity. You're involved in the occult, horoscope, the tarot cards, or other forms of psychic readings. If you worship the things of this earth, 
These things will prevent you from getting to Jesus. Busyness, hardness of heart, being pleasing of nature. These things will prevent you from getting to Jesus. Bitterness or anger, judgments, harshness in your heart. These things will keep you from getting to Jesus. The Lord will forgive you as you have forgiven those who have trespassed against you. I want to tell you today, Jesus is accessible. If you will, with all of your heart, search for him, you will find him. And if you do not find him, you will be lost. And either you will be washed and made pure by his blood, that all sin would be removed from your heart and your life, or you will not be allowed to enter that holy city. Holiness is never spoken of in the future tense in the scripture. It is always spoken of in the present tense. Today is the day of salvation. Almighty God, I've spoken the word with as much compassion as you've placed in my heart. I pray that those who listen today, if they're sorrowful of heart, that you will wipe away their tears, that you will comfort them as they walk holy before you, that you would carry them. I pray, Lord, that if they are not holy before you, that you will so touch their hearts that they will rush to weep and repent before your throne, that they will make their peace with you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I pray in your name. Amen. I'd love to hear from you. We're fast approaching the middle of the month, and there is much to be done if we're to stay on the air. I'm trusting Jesus to move in your heart. And I thank each one of you who has given so kindly and so generously. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel. Include a note about your spiritual condition with Jesus. Write to me at Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Let me give you that address again, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now you can also reach me by going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com and you'll find many different things that will be helpful to you there. You'll find podcasts, videos. I encourage you to go and, and check it out. Our brother Ed has done an awesome job 
Thank you, Brother Ed. I also want to encourage you to reach out and share this broadcast with other people. I urge you to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not done so already. Just go to Pilgrim's Progress radio broadcast or to Ray Greenley or to National Prayer Chapel and you'll find the YouTube channel. I also invite you to come and fellowship with us on Sundays. If you're serious about getting right with Jesus and you're seeking him with all of your heart and you want to enter into the school of the Holy Spirit, then I urge you to to pay whatever price you have to in terms of driving and distance. Come and be with us on Sunday. Go to our webpage. You'll find our address there. You'll find my telephone number there. I look forward to hearing from you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I hope that's plain in the in the broadcast that I'm doing. I love you with all my heart. I want you to enter fully into Jesus. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory